pressure's a privilege, man. We want to run towards that pressure. We don't want to run from it. And we want to enjoy that and embrace it and, and, and fight through the struggle. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome into another edition of the Orange and Black Podcast. Today we're talking NCAA Regional Baseball, specifically the Columbia Regional, as Campbell travels to Columbia, South Carolina this weekend to take on NC State on Friday, followed by the winner's bracket, which also features South Carolina and Central Connecticut State. Today we're joined by Chris Phillips of the Spurs Up Show. Chris, how you doing today, man? Andrew, Dylan, I'm doing well. I appreciate you guys having me. And all I'll say is this, the lead-off Campbell fans, please don't direct your anger at me. You can blame Auburn's AD or any of the other members on the committee, but I had nothing to do with the hosting decision. I want to make that very clear. So anyways, guys, I appreciate y'all having me on. Excited to talk to baseball. It's good that you put that out there because we can get a little <laughs> hostile on Twitter, as I'm sure some of your fans can do as well when they get heated. So starting off, Tell us about Founders Park. It's a beautiful ballpark. Campbell has played in the likes of the dude down at Mississippi State, Lindsey Nelson Stadium in Tennessee in recent years. What makes South Carolina's park special, and how are the fans? Tennessee fans were not as welcoming. We still have a great bond with Mississippi State fans to this day from when we played down there a couple years ago. Yeah, Founders Park, guys, it's one of the best ballparks in college baseball. And I say that taking away the fandom. I mean, it really, truly is just one of the most beautiful venues you'll see. And this weekend, you'll get a great taste and experience. And uh, if South Carolina or when South Carolina and Campbell face off, uh, especially if it's that Saturday night game, you'll get a real nice glimpse of an elite SEC atmosphere. Um, you know, seats 8,200 and they pack it out. You know, Carolina fans pack it out, especially when the Gamecocks are good. Um, I mean, it's a beautiful ballpark. It's it's definitely a hitter-friendly ballpark. So you've got the the river off of left field or kind of off to that direction. So the wind typically blows off that river from left to right, out to right field. So if you're left-handed power slugger, it is your it is your haven for sure. Um, but just a beautiful ballpark, guys. I mean, one of the best in college baseball, I would say. And uh, you know, it was constructed and its first season was 2009. So the dude has come along and some others that maybe a little bit more technical, technologically advanced since then. But I think South Carolina is, is second to none when it comes to the ball field. And I, I think Campbell fans will definitely experience that. As far as the fan base is concerned, Gamecock fans are welcoming. I think they should be welcoming. Every fan base has got their pocket of people that uh, are a little bit ruthless at times, if you will, especially once the drinks get flowing and you get that night game first pitch or whatever. But now, Gamecock fans are awesome, man. They're welcoming. I think that, uh, you know, Campbell fans, NC State, and Central Connecticut State fans will all be welcome to Columbia with open arms. And, uh, you know, they love their baseball. I mean, Gamecock fans are really smart, have high expectations, extremely high expectations. And, um, you know, they will be rowdy this weekend for sure. We nicknamed them the Rowdy Roosters is the nickname for, like, the student section and the, the hecklers at Founders Park. So, yeah, it's a beautiful venue, man. If you've never been, if you're a Campbell fan and you're headed down there, you're really in for a treat, man. It's It's one of the best in college baseball. Awesome. We're looking forward to it. And, you know, from what it looks like online, it's a beautiful park. And we're looking to we love here in that power alley. We have some some guys in the left handed batter's box. I'll be looking to to drive some balls out of there, hopefully against y'all on Saturday night. Dylan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, it sounds like a fun, fun venue. I have a bunch of friends that are uh, from uh, graduate from South Carolina and they just rave about Founders Park and um, how much fun it is. But uh 
what should Campbell fans expect this weekend? Is there any like traditions? I, you guys are notorious for hosting regionals uh, each and every single season. So what could Campbell fans expect uh, this weekend when they head down to Founders Park? Well, I can tell you this to Campbell fans. If you hear sandstorm a lot, things are probably not going very well for you. That means the Gamecocks scoring a lot of runs and having a lot of fun while doing it. Uh, the baseball team does run out to 2001, similar to what the football team does. It's it's not as grand an entrance, I would say, on the baseball field. It's still really, really cool. Um, you see my T-shirt. You might hear, ooh, ooh, in the crowd, which is sort of a, a rally cry, which is really neat. Bill Golding was a South Carolina super fan, lifelong fan. He passed away in 2018, I want to say. But a guy who did that, made that sound, went to games for literally like 40 years. So, um and I mean, outside of that, man, I would just say traditions or, you know, show up and be loud and be proud, support the Yardcocks. So you'll also hear the phrase Yardcocks probably a lot, which is, again, the nickname for the Gamecocks baseball team. So, again, I, I would just tell Campbell fans, man, you can expect a great atmosphere, a passionate fan base. Uh, it'll be loud. It'll be electric, especially, again, when and if Campbell and South Carolina meet in that Saturday night game. It'll be a lot of fun for sure. Yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be a definitely a fun experience uh, down there um, for this weekend. But uh, I think we want to go more in depth, like with the team and uh, what 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 we should see out of South Carolina. I think Andrew's going to touch on that a little bit more. Yeah. How are the injuries looking for South Carolina? We know you've had some guys that have been out all over the diamond over recent weeks and throughout the season, you know, as it seems the. Yardcocks, as you say, have taken a little dip uh, to close out the season. But it sounds like Cole Messina, Braylon Wimmer, and Will Sanders will be back in the lineup for USC this weekend. Yeah, Andrew, Carolina should be as healthy as they have been in quite some time. I mean, you start with the heart and soul of this team. Cole Messina, the catcher, went out in the SEC tournament with a concussion. Kind of a weird situation, just ball foul tipped and hit him square in the mask and he got rattled a little bit and they didn't want to take any risks. So it does sound like fingers crossed. He'll be ready to go. You know, it's one of those things, guys with concussions, you got to be really careful about it, obviously and not rush a guy back, but it does sound like he should be good to go. Uh, the big one in the field too, Braylon Wimmer at shortstop. You know, this is a guy I thought was one of the most underrated losses during the season, and it really correlated with when South Carolina hit their slump as a team and struggled, it was when Braylon Wimmer exited the lineup and exited the field, if you will, at short. So he will return. He's been DHing of late over the last week or two, but now he'll be back in the field, and he is by far their best defensive option at shortstop and a great hitter as well. Uh, you know, Talmadge LeCroy was out for a little bit at third base. He's back healthy, of course. Will Tippett at second base was out for a little bit. He's back healthy. And the Gamecocks at one point, guys, were missing practically their entire infield. And Will Sanders, you mentioned as well, um, he is supposedly back healthy. He will come out of the bullpen from what we've been told. I don't think you're going to expect to see him, obviously, in a starting role because he hasn't pitched in so long. But that is a key piece, certainly for our South Carolina team that has dealt with the injuries on the mound. Noah Hall been out for the season. Uh, Eli Jerzenbeck, star young freshman that sits 96-97 with the fastball. He's been out since about the midway point. So getting Will Sanders back, a huge boost for that pitching staff. And you guys know, you just you need pitching depth this time of year. So adding a guy like Sanders back who, when he's at his best and he's had success out of the pen in his career at South Carolina, he is a high-quality arm for sure and a guy that was projected as a first-rounder in the MLB draft for the season. So, I mean, all in all, guys, I'll say this. I think Carolina, again, is as healthy as they've been in quite some time. I mean, nobody nobody's 100% right now, but for a team that's really battled injuries, it does feel like they are starting to get healthy at the right time. 
Yeah, absolutely. Especially this time of year, you just all want to work. You work all season to get to where you're peaking at the right time. And, you know, if you can get all your guys back at this time, that sounds pretty good for y'all. Maybe not so good for us or NC State, but but that's the goal over the whole year is to be healthy and peak at the right time. And the time is now, Dylan. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you just named like a, a kind of bunch of guys. Uh, South Carolina's loaded, always loaded. Uh, it seems like they come back um, with new guys each year. And uh, so with this team this year, you guys obviously have been facing some injuries and stuff like that. What is kind of, I guess, that one guy that uh, we should be looking looking for with this team, the, the guy that kind of just, when you say South Carolina, the first thing that is on the tip of your tongue? I mean, how could it not be Ethan Petrie? And what he did this season as a true freshman, 22 home runs and the RBI record, he set that as well, home run record, RBI record. I mean, he was absolutely incredible throughout this season. And guys, like we mentioned, I'm sure you all are familiar, Carolina started out 34-6 and in this 2023 season. I believe they lost 14 of their last 19 games, so ice cold down the stretch. And to no surprise, the slump of the Gamecocks correlated with Ethan Petrie's slump. He hit like 260 in the month of May, uh, month of April and May, I believe. So it, it's been a struggle for him of late, but he did hit a home run in the SEC tournament. When you think Gamecocks, though, and it's you're asking so much of a true freshman, right? It's so much to put on that kid. But at this point in the season, you're not really a true freshman anymore. And Ethan Petrie has been the guy who has made this lineup go. And when they were playing their best baseball, you know, he, he was swinging it as well as anybody in the country. So getting him back going is key. For the Yardcocks, it's a lot to ask of a freshman. If there's anybody can do it, it's Ethan Petrie. And when you think about this South Carolina ball club, you got to start with the name Ethan Petrie. Yeah, I mean, he's been incredible this year. Um, I've been kind of having one eye since I live in the Charlotte area. I mean, they talk a lot of South Carolina, and that's been the name that comes up with uh, South Carolina's Ethan Petrie, uh, the incredible freshman. Um, I think it's a couple other guys, Jack Mahoney. Um, it's been one guy I kept my eye on um, to be kind of the Will Sanders replacement. And like you said, Noah Hall um, hasn't been uh, there a lot this year. I think he was going to be an incredible pitcher. Uh, Sanders and Hall and Jack Mahoney, and that's kind of been um, fixed with a lot of, a lot this season. So I think it's uh, incredible. Uh, Ethan Petrie, incredible. Uh, what you got, Andrew? Yeah, so Chris, you said that it wasn't your fault that Campbell didn't get to host. But where do you think the SEC bias does play in there? Obviously, you had – Auburn's AD as the chair of the committee. It seemed like metrics wise, they were the ones who were able to slide in over. Where, where do you, from an outside point of view, you know, we're obviously a little bummed. And it seemed like based on D1 baseball's pro- projections that you, in their last projection, you guys were going to come to us and then come selection Sunday or when they announced the host on Sunday, it kind of got flipped. So, what are your thoughts there? And then we'll jump more into the weekend. Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, guys, I mean, listen, if, if I were a Campbell fan, I'd be pissed. And I think Campbell fans have a right to be pissed. And especially when you think about, like, from the – when you look at Auburn and uh, that situation, you know, I, I think – I'm going to leave the Gamecocks out of it. But, I mean, SEC bias is a real thing, man. I don't, I don't know how else to put it. I mean, really, truly, it's it's – and I say that, and I'm not even – 
I'm not trying to knock the SEC because, guys, I I do believe it's the best college baseball that the game has to offer. I think it's the best conference by far. It's not even close. You know, I, I don't balk at the fact that 10 teams got in. I don't even balk at the fact that eight are hosting. But, you know, when you look at a team like a Campbell and it's like, what else could they have done? And, I mean, here's the thing. I, the committee looks at RPI. They look at strength of schedule. But you cannot tell me they don't look at the logo. And – the fact that an Auburn or a South Carolina was going to be hosting the regional at a Founders Park or whatever the name of their ballpark is versus a Campbell who was going to have to go to a minor league ballpark. Like, I, you can't tell me that it didn't factor in, you know, and it's, and it's not fair. It's not fair, but it just is what it is. So, um, you know, I don't know if there's also any gripe with Indiana State. I know their AD, I believe, or something like that was on the was on the committee as well. And and they host. I mean, they had a very competitive resume with Campbell. So, but listen, I I totally get it. Um, I, I get Campbell fans being upset. If I was a Campbell fan, I'd be furious. So, because it's like, what more can you do? You can only play who's on your schedule and you do what you can, right? You submit your bid. We're gonna play at this ballpark, we're gonna host everybody, and uh, it's still not enough. So you know, I, I know that. Listen, the Campbell Camels will come into Columbia pissed off, and maybe that's a, maybe that's an advantage for you guys. I and mean, that's an advantage for Campbell the fact they'll come in with that chip on their shoulder and you know wanting to prove that hey, we should have been the one seed all along. South Carolina is a fraud or what have you, and and they'll try to prove that on the field. But uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a tough situation, man, because it's like number one, what does the committee value? And again, speaking from the Gamecocks perspective. There were, I was honestly, guys, I went into Sunday expecting the worst, but hoping for the best just because of, I felt like Carolina may have done too much to lose it down the stretch. As a fan, I was happy the committee did not lose sight of what this team did over the first 40 games, which was, I mean, you could have argued they're the best team in college baseball, right? So, and 40 games is a very large sample size. Now, again, on the Auburn perspective, that one, I mean, Boston College had an argument, too. Like, the Auburn perspective, that one was a bit surprising to me. But, you know, a team like Campbell, it's just unfortunate. Like, it's almost like you've got to do three times as much what an SEC school does because you're not an SEC school. Like, an SEC school is going to get the benefit of the doubt because they've got the resources. They move the needle in regards to financially. A team like Campbell it just does not. You know what I mean? So um, it, it's it's the unfortunate reality. And I, I guess I guess the one thing that a school like Campbell or what have you could do, you go out and you win this regional, you might start getting another look uh, in in the future. So I'm sure that'll be on their minds as well this weekend. Yeah, we we talked 30 minutes on the just about that on the pod yesterday, and then we had a Twitter Spaces for an hour and a half after that, about 10 minutes later, where we talked about it. And uh, but you know, the thing is with our ballpark is you couldn't host there. Their plans in the work to expand that. So if this comes around again, we're good. The big thing for us was we had a lot of, you know, we played a terrible conference, just to be frank. And 40 of our games were against Q4 teams or 30 of our games were against Q4 teams. And that hurts you, but now we're moving to the CAA. So you're kind of making some improvements, but it just always doesn't align with, you know, when you need it to. But Dylan, yeah, go ahead. No, it's, it's tough. That's tough for sure to fight that. So, yeah. So I want to shift the focus a little bit. Um, we got a lot of fans coming down there this weekend. Maybe a lot of them haven't been to Columbia at all or don't know some of the spots in Columbia. So what are the spots uh, that Campbell fans or NC State fans or Central Connecticut fans should be on the lookout? Um, food spots. Uh, there, I mean, there's going to be a lot of time in between games. So uh, what are those uh, spots to be on the lookout in Columbia? 
Well, if you want a bar to hang out at before or after the game or nightlife, I would highly suggest Tin Roof in the Vista, uh, one of my favorite spots. We actually used to do a live show there on a weekly basis on Wednesday nights, but that's a really, really good time, and Tin Roof is a place that is always packed in a good way, like it's always popping, so you'll have a good time on Friday and Saturday night and Sunday night if it comes to that. Um, So I would highly suggest Tin Roof in regards to dinner. If you're looking to go to a fancy dinner, Villa Tronco in downtown Columbia, it is the oldest restaurant in the state of South Carolina. It's Italian, and I mean, it is chef's kiss good. It is chef's kiss good. Um, If you're looking for some authentic South Carolina barbecue, I would highly suggest Palmetto Pig. That is my spot. It's a a buffet-style barbecue joint. It's a really good time. Bernie's Chicken is also a Columbia staple. That one's actually over by williams Bryce Stadium. And I would highly suggest, too, you know, if you're a Campbell, NC State, or uh, Central Connecticut fan and you've never been to Columbia, go check out the football stadium. Go check out Colonial Life Arena. Go check out the campus. Like you mentioned, you're going to have a lot of dead time in between games or what have you. So uh, go check things out. Willie B is a spectacle amongst itself. So I would definitely, again, highly suggest checking that out. Um, outside of that, you know, I'm trying to think um, – Rushes is always a good option. That's kind of a local Columbia staple. Rushes, I, I'm, I'm, I like it. It's not my favorite, but I like it. Um, but yeah, man. Outside of that, those those options I mentioned would be, uh, you know, good choices for you. Also for pizza, Village Idiot, great pizza spot. That is the pizza spot in Columbia. So, uh, and and there's many more options that those are just ones off the top of my head and uh, places that I always frequented in, when I was in Columbia. Well, I, I think that's definitely uh, a lot of spots we could check out. Good starting um, points. Good starting. Points. Oh yeah, good yeah. starting points. I mean, we'll probably have a lot of time. Hopefully, mm-hmm. we'll have a lot of time, and uh, we'll have uh, a couple days to visit all these places. But uh, I, I think Andrew has the the most hard hitting question uh, of of this time. What you got, Andrew? Yeah. So obviously, you know, South Carolina. This is your last question. What are your thoughts on who is the real Carolina? And who is the real USC? Obviously, you know, we don't, we know what your answer is going to be, but we want to hear your explanation. Obviously, we don't like UNC. They won't even come and play us in our ballpark because they're too elitist for us. But we go up there, you know, every year and give them a ball game. We beat them this year and, but they won't come down and play us. So what are your thoughts? Who's the real Carolina and who's the real USC down there? For you. So I'll first start with the real Carolina. The real Carolina is South Carolina indeed. And you know, one of the reasons being South Carolina played UNC this season in baseball and whooped them, whooped them in Charlotte. Uh, last time they played them in football, they beat them. And the Gamecocks and Tar Heels get another crack at each other this football season in the first game of the 2023 season in Charlotte. So I rest my case. Carolina, this Carolina is the real Carolina. As far as who is the real USC, I'll just leave you guys with this. South Carolina was a school before California was a state. I'll leave it at that. That's all I need to say. South Carolina is the real USC. But to your point, I would love, and and I know it's sort of tough with scheduling, especially conference expansion, whatever. I'd love to see these these games, these matchups be more frequent because I'd love to settle this debate just on the field, right? South Carolina and Southern Cal, they've met twice in football. They split one and one. So we need that third, we need that third matchup more than we need air to breathe to determine the real USC. And I, it's it's the Gamecocks, but just to hammer down the point on the field would be great. It doesn't surprise me, though, UNC won't come play you guys. That, that seems to be a common occurrence with them. Yeah, you know, we don't 
Well, I feel like we relate a lot more to you than the the folk the folks up <laughs> in Chapel Hill who have their wine and cheese and just wine and cheese crowd. Yes, sit yes. up on their pedestal. They are very much wine and cheese crowd. The Gamecocks, yeah. I can assure you. I I was asked by the way to describe the South Carolina fan base as like a food item. If you're not wine and cheese, then what are you? I said you are. You're a spicy margarita and the hottest barbecue you ever eaten in your entire life. That's how I describe the Gamecocks fan base. So just give you an idea of what Founders Park and, and Columbia will be like this weekend. That's awesome. All right, Chris, close, close out. Tell the listeners where they can find your work and where they can get all the South Carolina coverage heading into the Columbia Regional this weekend. Yeah, man. So we're breaking down the Columbia Regional all week long. Obviously, we'll have a conversation with you guys. It'll air on our daily live show, but we talked uh, Central Connecticut State University and a full breakdown of them on our Tuesday show. We have you guys on the Wednesday and, then of course, NC State on the Thursday. And then I'll, I'll be breaking down, previewing everything, reacting to everything all weekend long. We're at the Spurs Up show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. I mean, literally anywhere and everywhere. We have a website, thespursupshow.com. Uh, we also air a daily live show, which is called The Daily Crow, which airs on YouTube noon to three. And we do take questions, comments, calls. So if there's any Campbell fans out there that want to chime in later this week, would love to hear the Campbell perspective and, and chat with you guys and talk some baseball. And also, of course, that show is distributed as a podcast Monday through Friday. It drops at 5 p.m. Eastern time. The Spurs Up show on iTunes, at Spotify, Stitch, Google Podcasts. And also what we'll do, we're doing a Sunday night live show which is called the rowdy rooster rundown and so i'm assuming unless we go to monday which if we do that we'll go monday night or whatever we'll make the adjustment but assuming we have a normal three-day regional sunday night we'll go live to break down everything recap give kind of immediate thoughts if you will before monday hits just to kind of give you a curb your appetite going into the new week so you know we're all over the place just be sure to look up the spurs up show on social media uh, podcast of course youtube like i mentioned and uh, you can check us out there we'll be talking tons of baseball all week and weekend long yeah that sounds great it is obviously slated to be a beautiful weekend down in columbia probably a little sticky but what else can you expect from the carolinas this time of year as we head into the first week of june chris thanks for joining us we're excited about this weekend we're hoping that uh when you have your final show on sunday or monday you're frowning a little bit but (laughs) you know it's the game of baseball that's why you play it And we're excited and just looking forward to a great week of baseball and looking forward to having some fans down in Columbia this weekend. For Dylan Shanklin and our guest Chris Phillips from the Spurs Up Show, my name's Andrew Miller. Thanks for tuning in to the Orange and Black Podcast. Pressure's a privilege, man. We want to run towards that pressure. We don't want to run from it. And we want to enjoy that and embrace it and and fight through the struggle. (laughs) 